Hello, hello, hello. This is the Pursuit of Purpose, and we are back. Today we have Kevin, Cody, Nelson, and a guest, John Burgess. What's up, Jonathan? Hello, everybody. Bringing him in just to lighten things up a little bit today. We had to replace Nate with another Greenfield guy. Mm-hmm. He's a better one, though. Well done. <laughs> better. He's better looking, too. <laughs> yep. Not just the face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> and and he knows that he's not just a face for radio because, uh, of course, Nate has said that before. And John is one of our... We got five listeners. How? What's the number? Twelve. 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 Yeah. He's, twelve. One, he's one of the dozen. John's okay. one of the, one of the dozen. He's yes. one of the twelve disciples. <laughs> John, the listener, and still decided he would dare coming on with us. That's brave, man. Or stupid. <laughs> uh, look at me now. Can't, can't argue that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, start out, we'll start out with a little news this week. We had uh, some big news in the Supreme Court. Uh, the Amy Coney Barrett nomination went through and forward, so she's officially on the court, uh, which is a pretty good stronghold for us there uh, for the nation. Um, I guess some riots kicked off in Philly a couple, three nights ago, so that's kind of in the news right I now. I didn't hear about that. What yeah, happened? There was, there was another police shooting, um, and there's been some rooting, uh, rooting, uh, looting and rioting um, that have followed that up. Um, and then uh, Cody brought it up that back in 1929, this was Black Tuesday, mm, the that's beginning right. of the Great Depression. Oof, that's not... This yeah. is that that all this news. The Barrett news is good, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the rest of that news was kind of depressing. Yeah, <laughs> I got one for you. I guess oh. I, I guess because I it's a rainy day. Hey, yeah. we, got, we got an election coming up too. That's exciting. Yes, yeah. maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, anybody gonna watch uh, the election night? Yes, I do every time. Okay, so I was listening Joe Rogan show the other day. He had Alex Jones. I'm trying to work my way through that one. And Tim Dillon on. I'm not suggesting you listen to it because my head was spinning. I mean spinning. Like I had a I had a headache after listening to it because it is so hard. If if you've ever listened to Alex Jones, it is so hard to follow that guy. Like he's yeah. just boom, 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 boom. And even Joe Rogan was like really slowing him down. But Joe Rogan is hosting a live show on election night that would be, I think, kind of cool. Yeah. Of course, his language is not the best, but <laughs> he he seems to be more of a in-the-middle guy than we're going to see on any of the news outlets. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't... I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but, like, everything out there now, I can't even... I don't even... I see the headline, and it's... I mean, the majority of it is just slamming this or that about mm-hmm. Trump. Just everything, you know? And and whether you're you're going to vote for him or not going to vote for him, I mean it just it's it's so annoying yeah. <laughs> to to see it over and over and over and over again. I'm I'm fed up with it and I'm thinking to myself, the only way this stops is not it not after election. I don't think it stops if Trump wins. This just goes on for another four years, man. Mm-hmm. I don't see it slowing down. Am I wrong? No, you're no. right. No, I, yeah, that's it, the only way it stops is if Biden wins. Yeah, and then you'll see probably the right really start to pick up some of their stuff and start slandering the other side. But 
Oh my goodness, dude. Hey, there's some positive news though. Okay. Buckeyes, please, please. Buckeyes won Saturday. Yes, yeah, they baby. Did. And Buckeyes Justin Fields. Back. Yeah, he looked good. And what is it, Saturday, 7 p.m., 7.30? That's right. Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. pretty excited. Did they say no whiteout this, this week? Mm. Is I it at Penn I State? I heard that. Yeah, it's at yeah, Penn State. It's at Penn State. I think they're not doing the whiteout. Bec- I don't know if well, it's I, because of COVID or whatever. I think last week they said they were. Oh, really? But I thought I read something today. I, yeah. I was I was just flipping through, and I thought it said something like, Urban Meyer says not having the whiteout is going to help the Buckeyes or something like that. Probably because they have to cut their numbers down. Yeah, maybe. Not nearly as dynamic. Not going to be as loud. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So, actually, that'd be for any team. Right. The away games are not as – more neutral. Yeah. yeah. I mean think about I mean you think about a team like Seattle uh the Seattle Seahawks whose fan base is nuts and mm-hmm. makes it so difficult to play there how that's probably been toned down significantly for teams going in and playing in places like that. Yeah. But no that yeah. Football is always good news except for this week the Bengals. <laughs> I was so pumped they were going to win. Yeah, you even texted me. I did. Yeah. I, well, I texted you and Jared because Jared's a, uh, a Browns fan. Yeah. Yeah. That came back to bite you. Uh, it was going to happen. I mean, yeah. I hate Baker Mayfield for one thing. I mean, I. From Ohio I State, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. not just that. I mean, he's just kind of a punk. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you like him. I don't know that anybody else likes him yeah. in the world. You know, yeah. just Browns fans now and Oklahoma fans. I mean, he won that game, and all these analysts are saying that he's the worst quarterback in that division still. So nobody likes them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing. And those were two the two throws he had at the end of the game to win that like were unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Throws and catches, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh broke my heart. Yeah, I, I listened to the majority of that game in line to vote. Uh and then the minute it was a minute left when the guy that was listening to it right in front of me went to vote. So I was like, oh they got this. And then they did. You turned it off. Well, they he walked away to go vote. Oh, he, he had it on. Phone, yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, that's all right. And then. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The Bengals yeah. find a way to lose again. <laughs> <sighs> I think they have some good years coming. I mean. They do. They do. And then the and big news, Bengals and Bengals this week, Carlos Dunlap is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> BJ Finney, a backup lineman is now is here uh oh well breaking heart but no you you had mentioned voting how did uh how'd that go nelson it was uh it was an experience it was two uh, just over two hours i had to wait to vote yeah. yeah had never done it that way before it always done on election day i just felt like it's gonna be a little busy on the third so i went out to try to knock it out two hours and 15 minutes you said yep was it a good experience it wasn't a bad experience. I mean, I've waited for worse, longer. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I I voted today. It was raining, and I thought, let's you know, same kind of thing. I didn't know what it would happen on election day, and and maybe it'll be normal. Yeah, but it just seems like it's going to be different this year. Yeah. So I wanted to go and do it. It was two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Uh, the line, if you've been to the Board of Elections, was almost around the entire block of yeah. hallway around that thing. And it's just, you know, took forever. They had two little places you could you could yeah. do your ballot. Yeah, uh, they had two of them going and just one machine counting. So 
It didn't. It wasn't speedy. No. It's no, good to very see pe- slow. It's good to see people out, though. It was. It, I mean, and that's uh, one of the women that was working in uh, the Board of Elections said it's been like that since October 6th when early voting, in-person early voting started. And I, I made sure that the, the people working at the Board of Elections are really putting in a lot of hours, a lot of time right now. Uh, make sure you thank them when you get out there because uh, they're 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 working hard. I feel bad because I did not do that, and that is a really good idea. Yes, you know the the people doing that, manning those. I mean, long, and, tedious hours. And I'm sure some people are not super pleasant with the wait. But yeah, I saw a little note written by someone. Please be patient <laughs> with. And it wasn't even close to the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know what you saw, Nelson, but when I was there. Only one lady, when she found out that it was going to be a two-hour wait, left the line. One, I, one person. I saw several. I saw several people leave. Did once, you? Once they got there, a lot of them pulled up and kind of saw it, and then just kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that to me, I think, demonstrates the gravity of how people feel about the situation just that it's that important this Mm -hmm. year and i believe that it is i mean you know whether you're voting for biden trump or in nelson's case joe jorgensen uh, (laughs) 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 i saw his ballot folks you should question him about it (laughs) he wrote in kanye west (laughs) so we ask everybody when they come on john who you voting for and they never answer. <laughs> I'm a listener. He is a listener. He is a listener. <laughs> We're going to get somebody with that. I know it eventually. Eventually. Uh, getting into our topic just a se- in just a second, but um, we've been going through a series, uh, a sermon series called uh, Frag- Finding God in a Fragmented Culture. Uh, and, and last week we talked about what it means... Uh, to be a city within a city. And and the discussion came down to we all exist in this world, in this culture, in this nation, in our towns. Um, and while we are absolutely a part of all of those things with our jobs, with uh, our communities, our community involvement, um, it, that at the end of the day does not define us. But the fact that we're a part of the city of God, we're a part of something more than that and because of that we can influence the city around us and I, I just I've enjoyed this series uh, a lot and and I felt like it's had some some really good discussions on how to live today uh, and I kind of want to I'm going to I'm going to have like a continuation of this series it will change because we're going to move out of the book of Jeremiah um, we're actually going to move into the book of Acts, and I think Acts talks more about the practical application stuff. Uh, it talks about more living in a culture that may believe in God, but doesn't believe in God in the way that that we as Christians should believe in God. And how do we live in that world? Uh, I think that's what we see in Acts, and so we're just gonna we're gonna try to to look into that a little bit more. So. All right, we're we are now to the point of the podcast where we want to talk to uh, John, and really why we wanted to have John on as a guest is um, 
his job, uh, his life in um, learning and understanding how to be a Christian in his home, uh, in his community, multiple communities that you've lived, and in the church, and then most importantly, how you've how you've incorporated that into uh, the your workplace. Um, but I think our listeners would love to get to know you, and so uh, uh, so we want to talk a little bit about that. But um, family, tell us a little bit about your family. Before I get started, my my I'm going to backpedal a little bit on the uh, political conversation. Oh. You guys have said it pretty well, and I don't like getting into politics too much, honestly. Um, but I had a Bible study that maybe I'll talk to talk to the uh, audience a little bit about later, but um, actually this morning, and it was in First Samuel. Um, I can't remember the chapter, but I do know that it was based on basically the gist of it was the um, elders of the community, town, whatever that Samuel was leading wanted, well, Israel, wanted um, a king. They were asking Samuel, because they were unhappy with the leadership, that they wanted a king like all the other um, communities, places in the world, and it seemed to be better from their perspective. So Samuel, being a prophet of God, when took that to God, God told him, okay, let him have it. And again, the moral of the story was put your faith in men, not going to be a good outcome. Right. Put your faith in God and you're, you're going to be all right. Absolutely. So regardless of, and we're all, I believe, a little anxious about mm. this election and uh, myself included, but the, uh, <laughs> the the right thing to put your faith in is is not leadership of this country it's to go back to its morals and what it was based on so. yeah i had a conversation with a a woman who i uh, i love greatly just uh just a great woman i've always have had some really good conversations with her just about life and living and and even her her life and i know with the pandemic and uh with all the election stuff and and just life in general, she was really struggling, just really struggling uh, to feel. She's having some anxiety and some other things. And you know, the the advice I gave her is is exactly what you said, John. And and the way that we do that practically is first and foremost, we remember the promises that God has given us. God has promised that, regardless of our situation in this world, that he's going to be there, that he's going to take care of us, that he loves us, that he is our father, that he is a good father. And, and so we we hang on to those promises. But then the second part of that is we look back at our past and all the things that he's already done for us. Yep. When you do, when you put those things together, as hard as that is sometimes, that's that's the cure for anxiety. That's that's the cure for you know uh, worry and stress and 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 the 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 things that we don't know. And so um, latching onto that. But but you're right. You know um, you talked we, about it in your sermon, uh, peace. And I think inner peace starts there. Yeah. So and I, and I think in order to have that more global community peace, you got to start with yourself. So. 
I listened a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Cody. <clears throat> we we even put Cody to work back there thinking that if we put headphones on him and he was controlling the soundboard that maybe he would pay more attention. <laughs> it didn't work. The cord hit it. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I'm like I don't know what's going on. He tried to sabotage the entire morning service. That was the right response. Just arms up and walk away. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Paige is up there trying to sing and she's laughing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we had a sound Kafu? Would that be the right word? Kafaw? There's some terms for it. <laughs> uh, and and Cody was the reason. He he bumped the wrong button. That's all right. He's in training. <laughs> yeah. And and our uh, our one eared sound guy will have you ironed out before I know. too long. It's amazing that he can hear the sounds he hears. Yeah. Because when I talk to him, he goes, huh? He turns his head. <laughs> well, we're, if, you, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Brian Stuckey, if you're listening. Um, so anyway, going back to you, John, uh, who is John Burgess? <laughs> so um, general answer to that is just a everyday average Joe, just just out there trying to, trying to make a... Um, anyway, I guess I'll get into my history. Um I got to start out. These guys have already said it and criticized me for it coming from Greenfield. <laughs> Greenfield Boo. graduate. Hey, uh, not all bad things come from Greenfield. And if I can sell my father-in-law on that, I can probably sell just about anybody. I <laughs> uh, went to uh, school at UC and ended up rooming up with our pastor, Kevin Stuckey. Oh, yeah. For several years. How many was it? So I think... Three. It, it was our. It was my second year, right? Yeah. So mine too. Two thousand one. I moved out of the dorms, and we found out that we were both kind of looking for a place, or we'd already been hanging out or something. I yeah. I can't remember how it yeah. all came about. And we hung out a good bit our yeah. freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. So then we moved into Sunset Garden Apartments. Yeah, baby. That in was Price a, Hill, baby. It was a really like a real gym. It was a real classy place. <laughs> let me tell you. The last year we were there, there was a shooting. A stabbing, and I can't remember what else. There was frequent nights where you you got away from the exterior walls because you heard gunshots. Oh yeah, in the park. Yeah, yeah. I came home from a ball game late at night, and uh, we we'd gotten back in town from being somewhere, and so I it was late. It was like maybe midnight. I was getting back to the apartments, and there was this. Big guy and little guy just screaming. What? But from the conversation, I'm standing there kind of watching just like, hey, do you guys need help? What's going on? And the big guy and little guy were best friends. The little guy was trashed. It was his birthday. Okay. And he was mad something about his girlfriend. And he was trying to fight his best friend, this big guy. And all of a sudden, like, it went off. This big guy cocks back. Boom! Nails him, drops him to the ground. <laughs> drops him to the ground. I'm like, okay, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Come to find out later that night. This is his birthday, okay? Okay. He was blaming his best friend for messing around with his girl. He's drunk. He gets knocked out by his best friend. That night later, the cops come. They mace him and then put him in jail. Jeez. What a birthday. 
<laughs> we'll forget that one. It's <laughs> a bad birthday. <laughs> yes. And and so John and I lived together for yeah, like three years. Yep. In a little apartment. We had a couple other roommates at different times. Yep. Um we had some pretty good fights because I never did the dishes ever. Um th- those were good. I still don't do the dishes, by the way. I that's not surprising to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emma. Good luck with him. I tried. <laughs> uh, I bet Holly could probably uh, vouch that I'm not a I'm not a big dishwasher either. So, <laughs> uh, so before I move on from from Kevin, uh, one of the best lighthearted, and it's it's more of just it's not a story, but uh, so I've always been a competitive person, and much less so as I get older because. I'm lazier and don't care as much and realize that it's not as important as what I thought it once was. To, it's a pride thing. And uh, and I'll tell you what, me and Kevin uh, were probably two of the most competitive. There was, if we were walking to the car, we were racing to the car. If we were going upstairs, we raced to the top. If we were driving, uh, so this is, we, we would frequently um, ride with each other back and forth uh, from college to home. And, uh, one time, it just became a, uh, again, I guess a pride thing uh, between us. We we were on our way back to school, and I was in my S10, and it was a pretty old, it was a 1982, like, standard, rough, it, it was a decent college ride. So anyway, we're riding along, and I think it tops out at about 70 mile an hour, and I'm cruising along at 70 mile an hour on 70, 71, and Kevin turns up the heat, and I'm like, you cold? <laughs> And I think I started making fun of him, and uh, I turned up the heat more, and we decided <laughs> we would not turn the heat down the rest of the ride. <laughs> so for 45 to 50 minutes straight, we had the heat cranked up in that thing. Sweating. We wouldn't, we wouldn't roll down the windows. <laughs> By the time we got to our apartment, we were stripped down to, like, shorts, and, and I don't even think we had our T-shirts on. It was, <laughs> and that's this was just, middle of winter, too. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and why? Just because neither one of us were going to give in to the other. Yeah. Like, we, we would constantly do stupid stuff like that, and that's just what, what got us through college together. Yeah. <laughs> you remember, um, we, and we probably should not get into too much of this stuff, <laughs> I, I always told people like if there's one one person who could definitely get me fired from ministry, it would be John Burgess. But we uh <laughs> Welcome <laughs> <laughs> We were we would go out on really like um bad winter nights and I never cleaned my car out, so it had trash piled in it. Like yeah. it was bad. And it would be tra- we would go out on like trash nights and we would drive down the road and like like it was a game get try to get the trash thrown in other people's trash while we're driving down the road out of the passenger window i would hang with kevin's trash in his out of his car (laughs) and he would drive close enough to practically hit me on the mailboxes so i'd duck the mailbox and then throw it and throw his trash into somebody it was trash. a good way to and clean got, out your car though we were pretty successful at it yes too. we were very good I'm sure we never little, missed yeah never because it would ever. be illegal if we did you're <laughs> 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 we so stupid <laughs> yes but we had good a we, good three years we, we survived that's right that's right <laughs> so what what did you go to college for man 
So I went to college for construction management. Uh, I actually started out in architectural engineering and uh, realized that you have to be kind of artsy for that. And I'm not so artsy. I'm more of a logical thinker. And fortunately, I was able to transfer a lot of my credits over to construction management. Got two degrees out of the deal in five years, co-oping at the same time. So that helped me pay my way through school and came out with little to no debt and that's an accomplishment uh, in and of itself yeah yeah these days that was not uh even even then it was tough and and now it's i think doubled even now the company you work for today is um so it's wood um they're a global company based out of the uk they're about sixty thousand employees wow large um I am responsible for, I guess I'm getting into the, what I do now. Some, okay. yeah. Well, right. I mean, we'll need to know some family stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. You got some, fam- you got some family, I, I think. I do, yeah. I think mean, yeah. there's three of them. I can't Three remember. of them. <laughs> <laughs> can't keep track. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep track of 60,000 people, but you in the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Wood is a, they were and still are mostly a oil and gas service company, Um so let me backpedal a little bit. To, so Wood Group bought a company that I worked for, Kelchner. They're an excavating company, about 300 employees. And um, that was back in December of 2015. Uh, two years later, they merged with a company called Amec Foster Wheeler. And somehow a lot of brilliant minds came up with the company name Wood. And that's who we are today. 60,000 roughly employees um, scattered across the world based out of the UK. Um, there is a couple of um, U.S. offices, uh, one in Katy, Texas, and another in um, it's Tucker, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. And I'm based out of Springboro, Ohio, and my function of the business I'm in charge of is Got the office in Springboro and an office um, just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and we have about 300 employees, maybe a little less now. Um, and I'm in charge of safety for that portion of the business. And uh, got about three direct reports. And then out of all those uh, 300 employees, I take it personal to make sure they go home every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have to travel off your job? Um, not anymore. Uh, and throughout, not a lot, but a little bit. I've I've been to Texas a few times. Um, I used to have to go to Tennessee quite a bit, um, but fortunately, I finally got structured to where I have people that are in charge of those areas regionally, and I'm able to sleep in my own bed most nights now. Yeah. Now, family. Tell us a little bit about your yes. family. So. Family is very important to me, and I don't know how I've went this long without talking about them, but um, got married in 05, Holly Hodson, um, and see, I got Lane and Logan. They're uh, 10 and 11 years old. Um, <clears throat> I got lucky having both boys. <laughs> and Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few fathers out there that'll agree to that. Um so, Holly and I have had a had a great marriage, and obviously had to work 
a lot at that. Um, especially she, she was. It wasn't just marriage, though. <laughs> you guys were together. You started dating when? So we're high school sweethearts. Yes, that's, that's a that's a good note. Side note there. Um, yeah, we started dating. It was between my junior and senior year that summer. Um, so that would have been uh, ninety nine, two thousand, and yeah. So we we dated for quite some time, and I think. Uh, I think she was ready to like get a ring or, or tell me to hit the road at one point, but no, we uh, we dated for a long time. And and the funniest, one of the funniest things from from her family, her her grandfather, um, Dale, who's passed away, um, he uh, he made the comment. He always was just so quick witted. Um, he he made the comment. Well, you know each other's druthers because we've dated for so long. <laughs> uh, and, he was pretty well spot on, but uh, obviously um, marriage is is not easy, and and it takes effort from both sides. And it's yeah. it's uh, you've said it, you've talked about it on this podcast. It's it's humbling. Yeah. Um, you uh, you don't realize how big of a screw up you are until you get married, mm. um, and then and then throw kids on top of that. Yeah. And uh, I I learn a lot from my kids. Um, they have they've taught me so much and. And I was, uh, as I, as I said, I was prideful. Um, I was. We got some background noise that's slightly distracting me now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to the background noise. <laughs> so, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, and I'm easily distracted. Uh, so, um, where was I? You were talking about uh, boys and just raising boys and. Yeah. So. It's been it's been a really really good uh, ride for me, and fortunately, um, yeah. What I was saying is, I I, w- I was prideful, I was quick to anger, I was not mature, and Holly has been a rock for me, and as far as bringing me up a mature path, um, that I just didn't know any better, and and fortunately, um, Holly as well as uh, my Christian walk with our savior has been just monumental and i i would say well i know i i was i was saved a long time ago but um up until really we had kids and and started getting back into church i didn't i didn't live the life that god had for me and then obviously that's a daily struggle but um I've I've came a long way and getting into the word and and going to Bible studies and really being intentional and that's uh it's just been monumental and I'm all over the place but one thing I do I did want to make sure to tell you guys and make sure I share with the audience one, one thing that this podcast has done for me is it give me the idea um to intentionally sit down with my two sons um ideally once a week it ends up being bi-weekly probably if I'm honest, um, but just sit down and, and do a small, real short Bible study. Cause my mm. attention span is about as short as theirs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, that, I, is that a man thing? I think it is. <laughs> is it? Yeah. 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 And guys, I, ladies out there listening, um, I'm here to tell you that God supported that 100%. Wow. It's amazing. When you know he's on board with you, things are so much easier. Um, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm not a Bible study leader. I'm, I'm the sit in the corner, ask questions. I'll, I'll engage in conversation, but never been a leader. And those two bought in 
hook, line, and sinker every time we've done it, and it's been really, really cool. I didn't, I didn't expect that. I honestly thought that they would be distracted, um, kind of be, yeah, this is boring. But they're like really in, and it's it's been really cool. Um, I think it's what I've noticed, and Paul is much younger than your boys, but um, I've really noticed that if Dad's interested in it. The boy's interested in it. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, farming is a big part of our life. And and Paul's ate up with it, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, because, and I, he senses my love and passion for it. You know, it's the same thing with just so many things that we do, you know. Hey, you know, I, I know he'll say things like, hey, dad, when you get home, we're going out to the farm and we're going, we're going to get on the combine. All right. You know, just stuff like that, you know, just because he wants to be a part of that, you know, and he, sure. I mean, he, cries when he can't go with me you know when we're when we're doing stuff that's just too dangerous for him to be out there and um i just i think that is it's it's you know for for dads out there who have sons that is a big deal it's a big deal to to they more so than girls i mean nora wants nothing to do with a lot of the stuff that i do she just doesn't She, she wants me to love her she wants me to say nice things to her and tell her she's pretty but she doesn't want to be out there doing that kind of stuff. He wants to be right beside me. Sure. And I think I think that's a really important thing to understand because they are always watching and they want to be like you. And if you set a good example for that, then they're going to want to be like someone who is a positive role model in their life rather than someone who is, you know, teaching them destructive things, which happens a lot, you know, in, in homes. Um, so that's, that's a good point, man. Mm-hmm. You... Now you have two boys, but you had a pretty special moment with those boys, with one of those boys recently. I did. Tell Both us a little bit about that. So Kevin's talking about uh, my youngest, which uh, is the second since we've became members here at LCC um, to be baptized, and that is an undescribable father moment, as far as I can say. I mean, it was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I get emotional when it comes to this this stuff, and uh, not we really love it when people cry on yeah. the podcast. We so. stare at you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Cody, so. Cody cries a lot on the podcast. Yeah, all right, cool. You don't ever know it. Yeah, you can't because I do this. But if you away. if you hear him, if you don't hear him for a long time, it's because he's crying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm emotional. Good to know. Good to know. So. No, I, it was, uh, I, again, it's, it's indescribable. Um, as a father, uh, it's, it's just amazing to know that their hearts are in the right place and they have been saved and they truly believe in the gospel. And um, Logan, I thought, would take longer, honestly. And, and the reason I say that is Lane, I think last year, um, and I, I want to make a point. I think I started to write down dates in my Bible, um, of what, when those were, but, uh, Lane did it. And again, that was very emotional and, and, uh, just spectacular to, to, uh, be able to baptize my own son is really cool. I didn't even, when I approached Kevin, where's it rank? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that you can compare Like, so I guess I, and this sounds crazy, but I'm an avid Buckeye fan, born, raised, 
bleed the Buckeyes and, and go to usually a game once a year um, and have since I could. Um, so when Cody mentioned that, it was, uh, it was a big brightening in my eyes, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> my dad has season tickets, has for the last several, and um, it's just – it's just a big part of uh, my family and, and friends, and, and it's a reason for us to get together. And fortunately, my boys, like you said, if, if dad likes it, they like it. And I'm lucky enough to just have them, and they, they, they know what we're doing when the Buckeyes game is on. We're watching the Buckeyes, if, if at all possible. So I would say it tops my first time going to the shoe um, as far as just the awe moment. Like, that crowd at the shoe is pretty impressive, but – it's a lot more personal and um, I think one of the biggest things you can do as a father is um, lead your children in the right path. And I'm not saying that I did hardly anything right. I got lucky. Um, uh, You guys started out by, I think, introducing me a couple weeks ago that I'm an engineer and I'm not, I'm not a registered engineer. I'm, I got an associate's degree in engineering, so <laughs> you guys give me way too much credit. And uh, sounded really good, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of people that tuned in this week. We know because <laughs> they thought they were talking to an engineer. So yeah. you've crushed their and hearts. Turns out, yeah, I'm, I'm just disappointing them as well. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I've I've messed up a lot of things, and and I mess up with my sons. But one of the things that that I learned, fortunately, at a at a at their young ages, was um, I'm not going to be perfect. And if they're expecting perfect, then they're looking at the wrong guy. Um, and vice versa. Like I can't expect perfect from them. I'm pretty hard on them. Pretty Holly has to rein me in a little bit sometimes <laughs> like John, come on. They're, they're only eight. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, they, they know better. <laughs> but, um, again, we, we've came to a mutual agreement and, and it's a respect thing that we, we expect a lot out of each other. But, um, perfect's not not attainable um and we're gonna mess up and we're gonna forgive each other and we're gonna we're gonna try to do better and uh we have came a long way um some of the things you're mentioning i i just i love it because we often hear these terms in the bible like discipleship Mm. and the thing that we think to ourselves is well that's i'm not good at like you say, Bible study, leading a Bible study or discipling and teaching, or I'm not good at, you know, you know, being a good example for other people or, or having a leadership position in the church. The number one place for discipleship in every one of our lives, if we look back or if, if we had a lack of discipleship, it came from our homes. Mm -hmm. It came from our dads. And as fathers, as mothers, we have the most important position to disciple our kids. And so when we say things like, well, you know, they have a good kids program and we want them to grow up to love the Lord and we want them to have a strong kids program there. Okay, that's a, that's a good thing. But that should not be the main source of discipleship for your kids. You are it. Whether you're a good discipler or not, like, that doesn't matter. You are going to be that thing. 
Uh, Ashley Willen, you know, the, the children's yeah. minister here, is not going to save your kids. Whether your kids are Christians or not, not always. I don't, I'm not hanging this all on, on you know, parents because even Proverbs says, hey, you could raise your kid to love the Lord and they could still drift and fall away. So right. that's potential. But where they're going to be influenced the most is not going to be in our churches. It's going to be in our homes. That is the most important battleground in our lives, period. Uh, and we've all talked about that, mm-hmm. right, yeah. on this podcast. We've all talked about the importance of that. Um, so those points, I think, are really big, John, that you're bringing up yeah. in, in regard to that. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about discipling your kids. And it's not having it all figured out. I mean, it's like you said. You said exactly right. I'm just a regular guy. And and you are. And we are. You know, I don't care what our positions are. I don't care what we do in this world. We're all just regular guys when it comes home, when we come home. You know? Yep. I, I'm not... Pastor Kevin Stuckey to my children. I am dad, mm-hmm. you know? And so they see me at either my worst or my best, whatever I walk through the door with. Yep. But there's a lot of grace in our good father up above and how in the in the places where we mess up and he still is able to teach and grow them, you know, if we can try to point them in that direction with our lives and the things that we say and do. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's been pretty graceful with me, I'll tell you that. I, <laughs> dude, you're looking at three other guys sitting around this table and especially Nate he's not here especially that where there's a lot of grace involved with, yeah. with that yeah. guy right yep. yeah <laughs> yeah we became neighbors a couple years ago yeah I know yeah. 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 yeah yeah and related too now right yeah but it's only by marriage <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we love you Nate <laughs> no, no no we don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> alright I tried <laughs> So getting into work, getting into yeah. kind of, I mean, again, this stuff's important, and and we definitely want to want to emphasize that. But but getting into work, yeah. When you started work, I mean, you know, you even talked about I you your relationship with God was not the strongest when you started your career. What what did you go into your career? What were the most important things for you going into your career? What did it look like? What were your goals? What was your vision for your life? What were you trying to accomplish? It was selfishness, um, money, not necessarily leader, manager, position, but make as much money as I can and what? be, I mean, be comfortable why? with my... Um, I, I think it was just... a. For comfortability and stature, and to be able to show friends from Greenfield or our family that I went to college, I did it, I worked hard, I earned this, and part of who I am is work ethic. And and you said fathers teach you good, bad, and ugly, and and one of the best things, and Dad knows it, is his work ethic. I mean, he's still the hardest working man that I know. Your um, dad, you're talking yes. about. Yep. So. Um. Yeah, that was that was one of the biggest incentives. I mean, it wasn't really anything following God. I I went to church on Sundays, um, but when I went to work, it, my relationship wasn't shown through something that I know you had a uh, a message on it probably a couple years ago on um 
if you, I, if Cody, you, I really want to replace <laughs> you with John right now. He listens to my sermons. I, I, I just pick up nuggets. You can, you can take my spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm good as a guest. <laughs> Your viewers went down half probably. So, uh, no, what I was saying is that the message was if, if you, one, you have to work on yourself um, and you have to have a good relationship with our father and that relationship becomes evident once it, once it grows and flourishes. And that's not where I was at earlier in my career. Honestly, it just, it was absent. It was, what would you say? Like, you know, in that time or some of the things maybe you were most disappointed with as far as like work goes and, and how you lived that out. So I started out, at Ryan Holmes, straight out of uh, college in 05, so 06, 07, the market crashed, especially in residential, <laughs> so I was out of a job one year mm-hmm. out of college, and that was a big shot to me, uh, my ego, I had a new house, I had a new truck, I had um, a wife that was relying on me, and... I thought I was, because of my work ethic, I thought, and I worked hard in college, I thought I was set. Well, I was knocked back on my heels and, mm-hmm. and give a good reality check earlier in my career. like, And I'd co-opt with a couple companies that had given me offers out of college, and I was reluctant to go back to them because, more or less, pride, um, because I'd turned them down. I took the Ryan Holmes job and um, I ended up going back to Miller Valentine, who I'd co-opt with. They were a general contractor out of Dayton and they welcomed me back with open arms and uh, got lucky there. But it took, I think, a couple weeks for me to go back to them and uh, swallow my pride. Um, But in doing so, it worked out well. And then three years fast forward um i got a second kid on the way uh we had lane and logan 14 months apart and that was uh maybe a little unplanned (laughs) (laughs) but god knew what he was doing i'll just leave it at that for now but back to my career um the commercial market in construction kind of caught up to the residential and it was being hit pretty hard. Miller Valentine. Um, I'd only been there for three years, didn't have much tenure. And I'm like, here we go again. And I'm laying off some of the guys that have been there Mm -hmm. 20 and 30 years, which is a really tough position for a young manager to be in. And I got to know these guys and I don't feel like I even deserve to stay and then leave. So, um, in that downturn, I landed at Kelchner, and it was uh, they were one of our subcontractors when I worked at Miller Valentine, and they kind of sought me out, fortunately, and it wasn't uh, I had nothing to do with it. They so my boss at Miller Valentine called me into his office, and I thought it was the day I was getting laid off. Um, I just knew it was happening. And before I walked through his threshold in his office, he goes, what do you think about the being traded the Boston Red Sox? And I said, I'm not much for going to Boston. 
that's where what he I, I thought what in the world is he talking about he goes i'm just kidding with you he goes what do you think about working in excavating uh, and i was like uh sounds interesting to me i've i've always wanted to learn more about it and they're like he he give me a name number contact and he called him up said hey you, you guys want to see john today and they said yep Wow. I guess they'd reached out to him and, and asked for me. And long story short, it, it was like a trade, uh, temporary. Um, it was it was all worked out, a lateral move. I didn't lose any benefits. Like they just had it, had it worked out. All I had to do was show up for a real quick interview. And it was the most laid back, laxed interview I'd ever been a part of. Like these guys had their boots up on the table in the conference room. And I'm like, I can work here. Yeah. <laughs> this is my kind of place. So the Seattle Seahawks get Carlos Dunlap <laughs> and the Bengals get BJ Finney. Which one were you? Were, were you the Carlos Dunlap of that deal or were you the uh, BJ Finney? I don't know that I can compare it to that at all. <laughs> oh, I just, it was a trade. I just thought maybe. <laughs> so they didn't trade anybody. It was, it was, I guess just a, they got a seventh round pick. Yeah. There yeah. For you. There you go. So, <laughs> yeah, my value wasn't that high, <laughs> but it was a it was a good lateral move, and it kept kept me uh, working. And um, about a year later, um, Miller Valentine came back, and and they were doing better, and and asked how I was doing, and and asked if I wanted to to come back or stay. And I said, well, I hope this is okay, but I I think I found a home here, and I want to stay. And they respected that and said, there's no no bridge burnt here, John talk to us for us and and they supported me like in negotiating a lateral move if not better wow. so hmm. i and I, I again i'm just a blessed man i don't i'm just a knucklehead that messes up daily and i don't take much credit there again i'm just i had good people that i worked for well, i think we all me. know like when it comes to working for a company or working for a place it a lot of that has to do with attitude, you know, and the attitude that you carry in, and and how your your work ethic and those things. And so, no, that I I think that's definitely a compliment to the man that you are, and uh, that's that's awesome though. That's mm-hmm. really cool. So, what where would you say like was the shift or the change for you when it came to? You know, work was this really important thing. Work was, you know, this in my life, and it shifted, and my relationship with God shifted. Like, how did that come about? Like, tell us that story. So I'll say slowly, mostly. um, It wasn't um, immediate or abrupt, but I would say that um, the biggest thing that kind of propelled me on a better path was at Kelchner. Um, we started a men's group and I'm going to mess up the year. So I'm not even going to guess, but we started a men's group there. We being who, who were like the founders who started it. So I was more of just a participatory, participatory member, but, um, the pastor of my old church, um, and, uh, the owner, Todd was very supportive. He wasn't always there, but he, I think he wanted wanted it. Um, and then my direct supervisor, Jeff Kelchner, who was the owner's son, um, I started working with him 
when I started my career and me and him still remain in contact. And he, we actually do the Bible study together to this day. Um, weekly we did it. We do it on Thursday mornings at 6am in Springboro. Just get there early before work. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Which is a, a tough sell to, to grow the group, but, uh, it's, and it's a tough sell on a Wednesday night when you're going to bed and you're dead tired and you don't want to get up. But every time I do it, I'm thankful that I've done it. Yeah. And it's, it's almost a selfish thing now. Like I, I like it. I love it. I need it. So, um, anyway, uh, that men's group, um, really started getting me into the word, getting to understand the Bible much better. And I work, I learn better from people that I can relate to versus, um, I'll say your stereotypical pastor that I don't relate to. Uh, this this guy had a full-time job. Um, he wasn't a pastor at the time. He just started a couple men's groups. And fast forward, I think a year or two into our men's group, and one of the other men's groups uh, members had a place where he just, out of the blue, started building a building, didn't know what it was for, didn't know what it was, and got Sean, the the men's group leader, um, engaged, and they're like, let's build a chapel. And they're like, well, we don't have a pastor. And of course, everybody was like, yeah, we do. <laughs> it's you. And um, literally, this is in the middle of the woods. We, we kind of cut a path back into the woods, and I don't take much credit. I didn't build too much... Um, but literally the guys of the men's group, uh, volunteer, um, all donated material, built this little chapel that's literally, um, I mean, I'm trying to give you guys a perspective. It's probably four times, five times this room and very small. It, it would, if you could pack in standing room, you maybe get 70 people in it. I mean, mm. it is, that's jam packed. Mm. And, uh, so they, they built this chapel, and it's a beautiful, um, rustic chapel out in the middle of the woods. And I remember participating in always uh, cutting and splitting wood and, and helping them so we could uh, still go out there. We put a little wood-burning stove in the so corner. So that's how you heated it? Yep, we heated it. <laughs> and uh, and we had a little generator and a little uh, outbuilding that uh, we ran um, our electric. We had like a couple lights and... Uh, ceiling fan that was it so they didn't ask you to lead the worship there no no sir (laughs) 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 Uh, so that little church was the first church that my family of four was able to really get into um and me and holly went to to crossroads which i'm sure you you're familiar with large church yes very supersized church in cincinnati and uh we got into it and we, we got into some small groups and that was before kids. Then, then when we had the boys, um, it just seemed like we never got anything out of church because we were always fighting them to stay in Sunday school. And again, I think part of it was, was an excuse, but, but part of it was real. Like we, like our boys would freak out when you'd walk into a church building and I don't know why. And they were overwhelmed by, whatever and it just never worked never worked it never clicked until this little chapel which was Mm. tiny and no one would be overwhelmed in that little thing and (laughs) and i think they they didn't they they just felt 
comfortable in there compared to everything else in the past. And uh, we ended up pulling an old job trailer that we'd retired from Kelcher. Um, I actually pulled it out there with the flatbed truck and parked it. Um, and that was the Sunday school room for several years. Wow. <laughs> and Holly, Holly was one of the, the teachers. She rotated with the pastor's wife for, for years, and it was awesome. I loved it. And it was so janky, and we had a portalette, no no indoor plumbing in this <laughs> little So chapel. you didn't take any deuces on Sunday morning? And you didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you were close to the woods, though, right? That's right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it was an emergency. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's such a neat thing, and I think, you know, we talk a lot about, like, what, what is church, you know, and church is people getting together to love God and, and, and talk about Him and sharpen one another, and, you know, there are no qualifications. It's if, if you follow and love Jesus Christ, you can fill any of those positions, and, I mean, that proves that, you know, you had a group of people that just loved God that just said, hey, listen, let's do this thing, like, we're growing together, let's keep growing together, and and I, I'm sure even allowing other people to experience that, you know, that came eventually after that. And so that, that's really neat. You know, I know one of the things that we've all, we've talked about is how do we, how do we be Christians in our jobs? And Cody's talked about, you know, there are things he can talk about and there are things that he can't mm-hmm. in certain environments. And I know he, the probably one of the most powerful stories I've heard Cody talk about is just being able to witness to, a young man who he had had in the back of his police cruiser mm-hmm. on the way to jail, you yeah. know, uh, just incredible, you know, to be able to do that. And, and Nelson, the same thing, like he, he works, you know, for the VA. And so there's restrictions on what you can say and what you can do, but yet there's opportunities within that to, to, to be a Christian and to influence people in that way. You know, tell us some victories in that. And, and and also maybe some places where you weren't so proud of yourself, you know, in regard to that. And maybe start with the those moments that maybe you feel like, you know, I didn't I you know, the job became more than maybe my relationship with God and then maybe where in turn you've been able to incorporate your faith in in that. So the latter is going to be easier cuz I got a recent story, but um, where I've where I've failed, um, obviously throughout the majority of my career, um, up until the last uh, I'd say six seven years, when when that men's group really kind of encouraged me to one build on my relationship, my get into the Word, pray, and um, just have a relationship with God. So I think. In turn, once you start that relationship, you you start to um, just be stronger in your faith, and and that begins to shine through. Um, so again, earlier in my career, it, it was about me. It was about um, putting myself first, and and honestly, probably um, did not do right for anybody else. At times, uh, there was, I guess I, I can't think of a pretty good story. Um, so in construction, it's a pretty rude and crude environment. Um, the F-bomb is dropped <laughs> I was gonna every say. other word. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
And if you don't use the F-bomb, you're not communicating. <laughs> um, so, How often uh, should you like, use the F-bomb? I mean, if you want to get your point across every sentence, if not every other word. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, And that's how, that's kind of how I came up in the business. That's just what I knew. Um, that's how it went. And, and there's few, it seems as if there's few Christians in the industry. But once you start to shine your, your relationship with Christ shines through. I think people pick up on and, and key off of that. And, and you can sometimes take an opportunity that you wouldn't expect. Like Cody was saying with the guy in the back of his cruiser and, and you can have the, a, a guy that just failed a drug test and he's not in a good spot in his life and he needs the Lord because I can't help him. His parents can't help him. And, and, and I have the answer somewhat. So, uh, plant a seed and, and, and again, sometimes that's uncomfortable, but, and I've missed opportunities in the past, but sometimes I've, I'm like, ah, God smacks you in the face with the door and says, Hey, I'm giving you an opening, use it. And, uh, just plant the seed and, and, and then praying and letting God take over. Um, so I guess where I've succeeded recently and, and, and I don't know that it's succeed is the right term, but where I, I feel like it's a, it's a win for my Christian walk is we've had probably the hardest couple past weeks of my career, um, bar none. As as I've stated, I'm I'm in charge of safety for for our business, and we suffered a occupational fatality. Um, Cody, stop crying. Uh, this is this is <laughs> this is hard for me to talk about, honestly, because I I do take it personal, um, and I feel like I should as the leader of safety in our business. Honestly, I've I've always thought that I would never be the safety guy that had to deal with a fatality. Um, I thought we were better than that. I thought I was better than that. I thought that our, our guys were were culturally safer than that. Um, and I cannot talk about the specifics, but I will tell you that um, our guys didn't do anything errantly wrong. And the investigation continues, and, and we'll find out more. But um, I still believe that we're a safe company. And again, I've... I, I speak in front of the company at least a couple times a year, and um, is that I, an easy thing for you? Is that a natural gift? Absolutely not. It's been it, when I started. Um, I, I started getting into safety about seven years ago, and that's when I got asked, "You're gonna have to speak in front of the group." And I'm like, eh, "No way!" <laughs> and I do not like public speaking. I don't. I don't like getting up when I baptize the boys and speaking in front of the group uh it's terribly uncomfortable for me and i'm i'm uncomfortable now but i've gotten more and more comfortable with it as, as my careers went on and and i consider um these guys and gals in our business my family and they're i know them personally i know most of their family members and and you get to know them over the years and and that makes it a little bit easier and a little bit more comfortable for me um but in the past, in those uh, those speeches, I've sometimes ended on, I don't want to be the safety guy that is standing up here talking about a fatality. 
and fortunately to that point I haven't been. However, I sit here today and I'm that safety guy. I'm that safety manager. And um, unfortunately with safety, uh, there's not a lot of um, kudos, if you will. You don't, you don't have a finished product. At the end of the day, if everybody goes home, to their families. That's, that's what you take pride in. And I do and did. Um, but for the first time in my career, one of our teammates didn't go home two weeks ago on October 13th. Um, that was the, again, not the toughest day of my life, but the toughest day of my career for sure. Um, to set the scene, (laughs) I arrived on site before our man had passed and, he didn't make it into the life flight. The life flight just sit there. And uh, that's when I knew something wasn't right. And the chief came up to me and our operations manager and our foreman to give us the worst news you could get. And uh, getting through that has not been easy. It's not been any more fun than what I anticipated. And it is... Um, it's been terribly challenging for me emotionally, physically. Um, I've put in some very long days, and um, what I'll tell you guys is, and I've heard other people say it, but until you do it, you just don't get it, but I had to go with a couple other managers to our employees' wife and kids, and it wasn't easy. <laughs> so... My point in telling this story is I'm in a pretty good space, um, in my head at least, and and what's gotten me there is realizing that God didn't promise easy. He didn't promise us the easy path. He, He promised that he died for our sins and and the battle the victory is won mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day we're good we got nothing like this is not the end of the world and one thing that i i do remember um it was second kings 4 uh, i think around verse 18 it talks about the uh Kevin I'm gonna need your help but it talks about a woman that she was a very, per the Bible, um, a very um, great woman. She was a Christian woman. She lived her life well. And long story short, she was into the, she she went into an older age and was barren. But through her walk with Christ, and she was um, God give her a son and. Um, son was like a teenager and passed away. And obviously that's got to be one of the most difficult things you could deal with in life is bearing your own child. And, um, she said it is well. And that has stuck with me throughout these last few weeks that, yeah, I'm going through a, I like to refer to it as a poo sandwich. Um, (laughs) And and it's, it's a, it's an extra, foot long and then some (laughs) um but in the midst of this storm you gotta lean in on god and know that 
it's all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked a lot just about life, mm-hmm. you know, and we're living through a pandemic. We're living in uncertainty when it comes to an election, you know, next Tuesday. And we're living in, you know, a time and a culture that is consistently going after, as you talked about, you know, a selfish, you know, lifestyle, you know, and, and, and trying to figure out how do how do we be Christians in that? Um, and, and what, God has taught you in this is absolutely what he's saying to all of us. And what we even started the conversation with was, which is, listen, like these are my promises and look what I've done and look what I'll continue to do. You know, and, and, and he is going to take care of us, like regardless of what happens, you know, on November 3rd, regardless of what happens, you know, in, in light of this, this pandemic, regardless of what happens in life, you know, whether in, in our sickness and our health, regardless, you know, if, if, if we're here tomorrow or gone, he's there every step of the way. And we have a future in him. Um, and, and, and we can, we can cling to those promises as Christians, uh, and he will never let us down. Um, John, man, thank you for coming and sharing your story. Uh, I, I think it's just so relatable, you know, mm-hmm. to, to all of us and, and everybody listening. You know, just we're all trying to figure out what it means, you know, to, to live our lives in a way um, that that honors God, that brings glory to his name. And we don't have the answers, but if we live for him, like he's going to direct us down that path and he's going to open doors, you know, the prayer. And I think I've mentioned this before. The prayer that I always pray is God either fling the door wide open or slam it my face. Cause I'm too dumb to figure it out myself. <laughs> and that's the truth. I mean, we're all in that boat, you know, yep. re- you know, regardless of how deep our faith is or how much Bible knowledge we have. Um, but he he absolutely comes through every time, and 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 your story is absolutely a, a you know an illustration of that. And so thank you for sharing and and being raw with us in regard to that. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. It's been good. You rock, dude. <laughs> Thanks. You're better than um, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> Nathaniel. You're better than Nathaniel. 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 <laughs> yeah, if we could have a Greenfield guy on, it'd be John it'd be John. Nate. Yeah. Easy. All in favor, easy. say aye. 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 Yeah. Nate, you're off. <laughs> <laughs> John, again, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me. This is us signing off. Bye-bye.